I mean, it was lovely. I really enjoyed being in the sun all the time. There we are. Good. Um, and if we're if... going to go down in a burning pit of hellfire, are you going to begrudge me having a nice time in that pit of hellfire? You won't be having a nice time because I should be stamping on your thorax. <laughs> Welcome to Sustainable 122. 122. That's how many minutes we've got until global climate change kills us all, innit? Oi. Oi. <laughs> we are your friendly little environment podcast, all about people and the planet, and why, despite everything being really, really scary, <laughs> we can still have a chuckle about it every now and then. Ain't we are? Yes, we are. And what are we talking about this week? Existential crises. <laughs> imminent death to everything we're we're talking about climate change and specifically uh the ipcc the international no that's wrong intergovernmental panel on climate change bringing out a special report which is not that special because it says well it says we're all doomed we're going to get into that it's all about 1.5 degrees putting the I've had a huge and comprehensive existential crisis into 1.5. Yes, indeed. We're just talking about that. So none of the usual larking about. So uh, just the usual disclaimer before any of that. Well, two disclaimers, really. The first one being that we do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yeah, apparently not hard enough. <laughs> no. Apparently we're not working very effectively. Oh, no, it's all our fault. It's all our fault. Um, but uh, we uh, these are very much our own views and not the views of anyone for whom we work yes yes and the other one being uh uh i'm a bit mopey about this climate change stuff there may be times in this episode where uh i have to talk about feelings so if you're allergic to feelings um just go listen there's some i don't know radio one (laughs) yeah yeah no feelings are good um and i just kind of pretend that everything's fine so you can block out dave and listen to me going la 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 uh, it's all gonna be fine good let's let's get on with it then <laughs> shall give we it, give it a go things that make you go jesus shit it oh god so this is the section where we go oh dear Ooh, this isn't good. Nope. Ooh, I might have to think again about my life choices. Indeed. So this is about this. We're here to talk about this. Uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change has so put out the report. And I tell you what, um, we have been, of course, talking about the evidence that is already there. So this is not something, folks, that we have to wait 10, 20, 50 years. It's happening right now. 
the additional floods we're getting, the storms that are stronger, now, oh, the droughts hello. that are I've started doing a thing since I turned into an official old man, um, and the thing is this. I wake up every morning to the radio, which is a nice thing to wake up to. I've started doing two things. Thing number one, I don't wake up anymore to the Today programme. Yes, because I, I totally endorse that. Because it tells us that, you know, climate change is a thing that ooh, might be happening, might be not. Maybe we can get these views on, and also it's full of guff, and it's depressing. Yes? Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. I've also changed the time my alarm clock goes off to 7.02, uh, which means that my, on, on Six Music, you what I listen to... bastard. You <laughs> genuinely get to wake up at some point after 7 o'clock that you determine yourself. Yeah, why, what, what, do you, what does Mrs. Old do I got you? pissed on this morning, and not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> this is the wrong to hell. I uh, have changed the time my alarm clock goes off, so it only goes off at 7.02, which means I miss the news headlines on Six Music, which means I don't get woken up to the sort of stuff like this. And I was had enough of being woken up for most of my adult life in increasingly alarming tones by like, oh, I see, wakey, wakey, wakey. Everything is buggered. Here's a new, scientists have discovered that we're all going to die. Well, this was one of those. Now, I didn't hear it live, but that's what's happened, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally share your uh, approach to, to the news. I mean, I think lots of, lots of people have, have responded this way to not just environmental stuff, but like, you know, Brexit, Trump, the rise of the far right everywhere. Death of the Chuckle Brother. Death of the Chuckle Brother, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at your joke. Sorry, sorry, whichever Chuckle Brother left. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Ah, yeah, I'm in the hole I didn't mean to be in. Uh, but but yeah, look, I know lots of people who have just gone. I can't I can't do it. And actually, you know, we are the attention economy, as it's called, is forever striving to make sure we are grabbed by something. And a way to grab us is, and this is a time honoured fact, is to is to say sensational, terrifying, scary things. And that's happening on across a million mediums at all times of the day. So it's unsurprising that lots of people feel overwhelmed by it. So I, I fully endorse the approach of just switching off. Well, oh, what has happened is this. There is a thing called the United Nations. Do you know what that is, Alt? Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful enterprise established after the war in uh, the sort of warm-hearted and fluffy notion that maybe we'd all be friends. And it thinks climate change is an important thing. It puts on them big, mahoosive climate shindigs every few years, like go back and listen to episode 37, when Ol went off to the mahoosive climate shindig in Paris. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, you went there, didn't you? I forgot about yeah. that. Um, or episode 94. Five, when we spoke to that Rachel Kennelly, who was at the Mahoosive Climate Shindic in Bonn. And they had this thing called the International Panel on Climate Change, what does all the science and all the processes for all the countries on climate change. And they brought out a report which said we are stuffed. Yeah. Climate change, they said, is here, it's bad. We've got a handful of years. And the Guardian said it was 12. That's how they chose to wrote it up. It depends kind of, you know, what you determine. But basically by 2030... The world has got to, not a little bit, properly, seriously kick the arse of carbon emissions. By like cutting them by about half from where they are now. If we are to avoid a particular temperature threshold, Alt, which is? Well, it's uh, 1.5 degrees centigrade uh, above pre-industrial levels. Uh, and so the, the report said two things, really. One is... Uh, there is a big difference between 1.5 degrees and 
two degrees. So th- this was called a special report on 1.5. And it was it basically came about because of that Paris shindig where, you know, this great diplomatic agreement was reached that we would definitely limit emissions to below two degrees. And what was the exact phrasing? Um, sort of like aiming at. I yeah, remember. like yeah. striving for or, or, or whatever. But setting an ambition for 1.5 degrees, but not, not committing to do it. So they went then said to scientists, yeah, so can you like tell us about that and scientists said okay well here are the impacts at 1.5 degrees and here are the impacts at two degrees and the difference is is mahusive uh so i mean things like coral reefs which we've talked about quite a lot on this podcast well they will be buggered at 1.5 degrees but but they reckon about you know 10 percent of them won't be buggered but at two degrees they're all buggered there are no coral reefs left right wow uh and that is not just bad for people on their gap years wanting to go and look at nice coral reefs before shagging someone from Essex. Uh, it's also bad for all sorts of people who live in coastal areas who depend on the protein, get their protein from fishes what ultimately live off coral reefs, right? Yes. Uh, I think coral reefs sounds like someone from Essex. Fair <laughs> Yeah, and there's all sorts of stuff like that, right? So, like, uh, heat waves. We've had a summer of horrible heat waves. We talked about that. You apparently think it's brilliant. Go back and listen to episode 120, in which Ol says the heat wave was brilliant, even though it killed all the hedgehogs. Uh, and three times as I mean, many... I, I, I can't even be bothered to defend myself. That is what you said. That is actually what you said. I mean, it was lovely. Yes. I really enjoyed being in the sun all the time. There we are. Good. Um, and if we're going to go down in a burning pit of hellfire, are you going to begrudge me having a nice time in that pit of hellfire? You won't be having a nice time because I should be stamping on your thorax. <laughs> <laughs> Three times as many people will get exposed to horrible, severe heat waves like that. You know that might, that kill them at 2 degrees than at 1.5 degrees. Uh, summers that were as hot as that really, really hot one in 2003 when all temperature records are broken. Yeah, They're I don't like, really remember that one. Everyone talks about oh, it. You were only six. That's what <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> I wasn't, it. I was at university. Well, it was just, hot. It was, no, like, actually, were, it was just before university. Well, you were probably just walking around in a jumper going, could be warmer. You know, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Um, anyway, they are a damn sight more likely to happen. And this is a thing I hadn't really realised, if I'm being honest, right? I hadn't fully appreciated the extent to which, like, a half a degree temperature rise does not mean it's half a degree warmer. I mean, I'd sort, no. of, I'd sort of got that, but I hadn't really understood it. And why is that then all? Well, because that's an average uh, rise across the, the entire globe. So... So in some places it's more, some places it's less. There have, for quite a long time now, been like readings of temperature at lots and lots of places on the surface of the Earth, all over the Earth, right? And they take them, well, they take them every day, but they they look at that over the course of a year and for place X, you get an average temperature for that place. So at the moment, we've gone up by, on average, one degree above the pre-industrial time. And what we're saying is if we go more than 1.5 degrees on average, things get really, really, really bad. Have you read any of it? Have you been paying attention? 
You well, should spend. You should. You've been tweeting a lot about this. I've. If you've been paying attention to my tweets, I have been tweeting about how I've not been able to really look this one in the face. Now, yes, that's true. Now yeah. you remember. Oh, back in episode ninety-two. I thought you might bring that up. Yes, when you had a wobble, didn't you? Yeah. You yes, had, you had a wobble. Still because, wobbling. Still wobbling. But what was it about which you wobbled? Uh, all the insects dying. All the insects dying, and you said, "Oh, it's bad." Yes. Yes, and interestingly. Uh, that is one of the most severe differences between a 1.5 degree world and a 2 degree world is that the habitat habitat that provides a home for insects um, is is severely impacted and insects are really screwed. Does that mean we're going to get more sodding ladybirds in my bathroom? Yes, apparently ladybirds are everywhere. Not seen any myself, but there we go. Um, but this is the first time I remember. Honestly, I knew this thing. This report's been coming for ages. In many ways, it isn't a shock and shouldn't be a shock to anyone what's paying attention, right? Not least because this is what the science has been saying. Also, because we've known they were going to bring it out and we knew it would say something like this, right? Yeah, and it was leaked in January and then leaked again in June. So I shouldn't have been kind of so freaked out by it, but I was just like, I can't listen to that. Like when I did put the radio on and have a listen to it, I just... Left me kind of weirdly cold and dead, and just like, oh well, that's a thing. That's some news. I'm gonna fill some forms in on my computer now. <laughs> uh, like, and I actually, you know, I couldn't. I haven't read it, but that to be honest, because when I read, I do. I read in preparation for this. I got all the carbon carbon brief, the wonderful website. Friends of the podcast have uh, done a wonderful set of gu- like really in depth guides for dummies about what all this says. And I read some of it, and after a while, I just kept seeing like numbers. Big numbers or things like words like urgent or like dead or hot <laughs> or like rabbit. <laughs> and then I started seeing words. It's it just like or graphs, but just like graphs that go along all flat. And then suddenly they go up and then other graphs that go along all flat and suddenly they go down. And after I swear, after a while of that, I was just like, right, I get it. It's bad. Yeah. What form should I fill in? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't process this stuff anymore. It's t- it's too big. It's too big. I don't know how you do it. In in a way, the way I've dealt with it, to bring this back to me, because, yeah. uh, you know. You had a whole episode about your freak out. I, I guess we're done with mine now. I don't know. I have anything. <laughs> I don't have anything useful. Well, all I'm saying is I guess the way I've dealt with it is uh, by going, this doesn't really change anything. Everyone knows what's happening in terms of, you know, the temperature is going up. Emissions have been uh, going up steadily as the world industrialises. And even though we thought they had plateaued for a bit last three years, they're going up again. Um, And there is a massive, massive challenge. But I knew that and was freaked out by it, you know, years ago. And uh, every time I look at stuff, in you know graphy things and whatever i get more freaked out and know about it so this i guess this particular report hasn't hasn't sort of changed things but the equation is in a way very very simple isn't it it's it's do absolutely everything you can immediately to bring emissions down now do it straight away at every level you know governments uh companies individuals do it like and i suppose I suppose I feel relatively positive about the fact that uh, this is this is front page. This is yes. leading newspapers. Yes. This is leading broadcast agendas. Even the Daily Mail, as you pointed out. Well, I mean, it's been fairly extraordinary since that 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Paul Dacre left. It is remarkable that the Daily Mail has started running things about climate change that is sensible. And there was a big big, big old piece in there by Peter Oborn, Peter Oborn, sorry, who went to Bangladesh and looked at the impacts of the rising seas and the salination of farming land and all that, like now. And it was really good and really detailed. And um, yeah, the other thing was, was Newsnight that I got quite snarky on, on Twitter about the fact that they were having this absolute dick called Myron Ebel who claims to have advised Donald Trump, but there's some clar- some confusion about whether he actually ever met him. But he's a massive climate denier. They had him on. And Newsnight, like Evan Davis, just tore him apart. Uh, you know, just literally saying, I'm not interested in your opinions about the science because you don't know better than a scientist. You're not a scientist. Um, and that sort of stuff is positive. Like, that's a complete shift. So... I don't know. I'm, I'm clutching at straws, clearly. You are totally right to be freaked out. I'm just, for some reason, I'm choosing not to lose my shit at this one. I don't really know why, but, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to depress you, Mrs Beasley, <laughs> but we're out of Prozac. <laughs> depress you, Prozac. <laughs> Ironic, eh? <laughs> What's the second thing? Hey, what's the second? You said about six years ago. You said this report, <laughs> what's come out, does two things. You said one of them was say that we're all buggered. What was the other thing? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two th- Yeah, two. Th- yeah. Okay. So first thing is like impact. What what happens to the to the ugly fish at one point five degrees and two degrees? Uh, second thing is so how do we avoid? going beyond 1.5 degrees. Yes. Pathways. They've done a load of pathways. Graphs. Graphs, yeah. No, it was, so it sent out, set out a bunch of pathways. Now, we're not going to go into them mainly because neither of us have read them. And they're boring. And they're really dull. But the question that has got most people uh, kind of vexed is, well, to what extent can you do this by just cutting carbon? Um, aren't you going to have to suck some stuff out of the air as well? All of us just sort of standing there, yeah, breathing in. in. Everyone breathes in a big coordinated breathe in, uh, and then you breathe out into a paper bag which you um bury. Uh, it's not the stupidest idea, (laughs) it's not as stupid as some of the ideas out there. Yeah, well, a lot of this stuff is uh, we covered this back in episode 73 with Wonder Brain, uh, Duncan Duncan McLaren. So, do rather than going into it now, listen to it listen to that but what we talked about there was some of the ideas that are out there are science fiction i mean as in you know they almost are you know they, yeah. we don't know if this stuff would work like great floating mirrors that dot around the stratosphere and reflect all the light back some of it on the other hand is just blinking common sense like the best way you can suck carbon out of the atmosphere roll is plant a tree in it yes um do you mean plant a tree in the atmosphere or plant a tree in well, it? Effectively, you know what I mean. Plant, plant a, a tree, tree in it. Which in it. then takes carbon. And then the important thing is don't chop that tree down because it's in the way of a motorway or a sodding <laughs> animal feed plantation or bees. No, I don't know about the bees. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so like just do a lot of that. Like yeah. it's one of the, And it would just be brilliant to have more trees everywhere anyway. Uh, and we should do loads and loads of that. Yeah, and it's that that would just be amazing for the natural world. It would mean that like less flooding and stuff. Uh, it would mean cleaner air. Uh, it would also mean uh, so many benefits for people's mental health. Like the, I don't think we actually put this in the wonderful interview with Vibar. Uh, I think we edited this bit out. But he was talking about how 
in Japan, the health service in Japan prescribes forest time. It says go into the forest if you are depressed or uh, for actually for a whole range of reasons, not just mental health, and you will get better. And the research has shown that like blood pressure comes down when you're in the in the forest and all these sorts of things. So uh, this is, I guess, one of the things that, that gives me um, reasons for hope is that so many of the solutions to climate change make life better for people like in their normal going about their daily business. No, look, all right, fine. Okay, look, we know stuff is bad. We have to get on with it. We're not doing enough. We knew that. We knew we weren't doing enough before. We're not doing enough now. So what do we need to do? Oh, uh, well, uh, you set out in your tweet. I did. Uh, you set out your four-step plan. Yes. Um, as friend of the babble, James Murray described it. What was your What was your four-step plan? <laughs> well, let me be clear. This isn't what I think should happen. This isn't like I do. Right. You told me off when you come here today. You said, "Oh, stay off Twitter." I can see you're tweeting all these miserable things. Bad for you. Trust me. I don't go on Twitter anymore. Or whatever you said. I didn't say that. I'm on Twitter all the time. I yeah. just know it's terrible. Um, but and then I, I was, it's right. I was just posting a sea of miserable stuff. And then I thought, all right, I'm going to do one of them tweets that everyone retweets because it's fairly vapid and easy, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I just put this tweet down. I was like, here's four things you can do tomorrow about climate change, and they are the things I think you can do. Like they basically, I think there's four areas. Four in which which, like, uh, we have the ability to genuinely do something useful with our time, like, as in tomorrow. Not, like, long-term lifestyle choice, but do something tomorrow. Number one, get political. So, like, you've got a vote, use it. Write to your MP, call them up, email them, harangue them in their place of work, and say, right, you bastard, see this report. If you don't uh, promise me right now you're going to act on this, and vote for someone else, right? Do that, and then actually do vote for someone else. And make sure the people you're voting for know that this happened for that reason. Yes? Yes. Thing number two, uh, you've got money. That money goes into a great big sloshy financial system and then it gets the impact of all that money gets multiplied loads and loads and loads and loads of times all around the world. Uh, so take your money or your overdraft. You haven't got an overdraft. Take whatever money you've got. Shift your bank account. Shift your ethical. Uh, shift your pension. Shift your insurance. Shift all of that to companies who explicitly say we're going to do good with this and we're not going to do shit with it. And most importantly... Make sure you tell the company... Don't just boycott stuff. Make sure you're telling the companies that you're leaving why you're leaving them. Go do it for something else. Yes, what? Um, question about that. Yes. How does moving an overdraft... I knew you were going to pick me up <laughs> on that. That's the, <laughs> like, I'll be honest. I've still got a bank account with an evil bastard bank that I d like, never has any money in it. It's just, just debt. <laughs> like, All right, okay. So what is that? Genuine start, question. Start, like, okay, why, start a new account with someone else, yes. with a good one. Write to the bank with your overdraft in it. Say, I'm in the process of clearing this overdraft. I want you to know that as soon as it's cleared, I should be moving my business to another place. There. It doesn't matter whether or not you are in the process of clearing that overdraft, <laughs> but just let them know. Okay. The important thing is that you tell people that you either have changed your business because of climate or you're going to change your business. I cannot be doing with people that just boycott companies and don't tell them why they're boycotting them. Yes. Don't make any sense. Tell yes. them why they're doing it. Else they're not going to know and they're not going to change. Thing number three, are you still listening? Oh. Yes. Good. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah. Culture, by which I mean, and this is the thing that I find most depressing about it, right? Uh, just stop really talking to people. Like, just go home in a bit of a funk and talk to Mrs. Ol or Baby Ol and just say, oh, climate change is bad, isn't it? Or when you go to the pub with your mates, just say, I'm a bit bummed out about climate change, actually. Talk about it. Make it part of the thing. We just, this great big looming existential threat to all of our 
begonias <laughs> is over there and we don't talk about it it's like we just we think it's like we just got to talk about like lines on graphs and getting coal off the grid and replacing it with alternative technologies and all the stuff you like right but it's not that <laughs> it's about it's about actual people having lines actual conversations about how they're freaked out about stuff that we're doing just do that talk about it if everyone talks about it that would be great that sort of thing talk about it make it part of the discourse yes I'll go on uh, didn't I have a question? No, but uh, you're, you're looking at me like as if everything I'm saying is something you're going to tear to pieces in a minute. So I'm <laughs> no, just no, waiting no. for you to do it. I'm not. I haven't all. finished yet, by the way. Oh, well, How the fi- is this list? The final one is obviously what you buy, right? Um, and there's all sorts of stuff about that. I'm not going to go into that particularly, like, you know, fly less and all of that sort of thing. But the one thing you could do tomorrow that would make a pretty much immediate kind of dent is is meat and dairy, which is just massive, right? In and of itself, there's loads of emissions in that. Uh, but actually, one of the things we're going to have to do big scale is get loads of land back and plant trees on it. And you can't do that if they're using all that land to grow crops, to bung in the cows, what you put in your face when you don't need to, when you could eat less of it and be healthy and not waddle around. Yes, Ol? Yes. Right, Dave's feeling a lot better because we just indulged in salacious political gossip we did do uh, between edits so you know there'll always be filth and and smut to keep us happy as the planet burns when the, the first person who pledges 100 pounds to us on our patreon account at <laughs> www.patreon.com slash sustainababble uh, can find out all about it <laughs> i would i i urge you to pay that money it's good value Right. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say another reason to be cheerful about all of this stuff, right? And this is one of the ways I've primarily been keeping my shit together over this, not just in response to the report, but over the last few months, is reminding myself that we, as you know, collectively, we are not even trying to fix this. You're trying. Well, I'm trying, yes. Although sometimes... You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm not mm. really trying. Uh, but no, I mean, we collectively, we're, imagine how much more depressing it would be if you looked around and you looked at governments and companies and individuals and institutions and went, God, everyone is doing absolutely everything they possibly can right now to tackle climate change. And we're still screwed. Uh, you know, like it's not making any difference or it's making a difference, but nothing like enough. That would be scary because then you're like, well, I, I, I don't know. I, where do we go from here? What is actually happening? There is so much that we could be doing that we know would work, that we know does work, that, that we're not doing. You know, look at this government. Right in the in the last week, the UK government. Hang on has, a minute. I'm, put, I'm putting on the uh, bad government music. Yeah. Yes, that's them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the last week, uh, the, this government has stood up in court and said, we really want to expand Heathrow Airport, right? Uh, it is determined to get fracking going. By the time this episode is actually uh, put online, it may have started fracking for the first time in seven years in the UK. Uh, it has <laughs> said it is considering funding in Bahrain a refinery uh, expanding so that it can deal with 380,000 barrels of crude oil a day. A lot. Uh, It has said it is going to have a shiny new six-lane motorway in the southeast of England, including a sodding great tunnel underneath the Thames. Right, that is what is actually going on. 
this government, many other governments, are doing the precise opposite of what needs to be done. Now, that is that depressing. Cheerful, that it? is depressing in one sense. But imagine if we turn that around and start getting the energy focused in the right direction. Uh, th- there is so much that we could do. There is no mystery to tackling climate change in that sense. There is, and an, an, you know, the, the technical solutions are there. The policy knowledge is there. It's political will. It's money. It's power. But there are really good examples of people challenging that and overturning it. The fact that it's taken seven years to get this far on fracking is a good example of it. The government has been dead cert on doing it since 2011, and it hasn't been able to because of people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. All right. You know. That's how I'm. <laughs> that's how I'm not losing my mind. I mean, your your cup of rancid piss really is half full, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I, mean, you know, I thought you weren't going to talk about the uh, political <laughs> gossip. <laughs> I can, we can all do it. We can all pluck examples of people that are doing good stuff. For example, over in The Hague, just last, just last week, a court upheld uh, a ruling on the government that they needed to, like, by law, speed up their carbon emissions cuts, which a bunch of campaigners had done, and they'd forced the government, and the government took them to court to say, no, we don't want to go any faster cutting carbon, thanks, and the court has, has gone sodding well, do it, right? Yeah. That's a good thing. That's an amazing result. Agenda and, and Milly Depenso, I think, are the people who went for that. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. well done. It's great. That's a good thing, right? Um, but I don't... You, I suppose, all right, what else you got? Well, I get it. What else have you got, right? Like if there was, if, if your house had great big greebly monsters outside it, right, and you were all like, oh, hold me close, Mrs. Oll, I'm scared. And Mrs. Oll held you close. And then Mrs. Oll starts going, yeah, you have locked the front door, haven't you, Oll? And you'd go, no, no, I haven't done that yet. Um, she'd go, well, here's some optimism for you. Go and lock the front door, right? And I suppose that could be like, you know, at least that's a thing you haven't done yet, right? Whereas, you know, if we had locked the front door and the Greeblies were coming in your house anyway, you'd be more upset. Is that what you're saying? I mean, ish. (laughs) Our only option, as far as I can see, is people who are interested in this stuff and concerned about it, is to just use it to further fuel the fire. Now, like, obviously, you know, lots of people have been on Twitter this week saying, look, I've been working on this for 10 years. It's hard because, you know, Mental Health Awareness Day uh, was a couple of days ago. Lots, I saw lots of climate people going like, it's tough doing this stuff. And it totally is. We've talked about it on this podcast. You know, you've talked about it today. I've talked about it previously. I'm not denying that. And we need to be kind to each other and, and, and you Stop know. Stop being I, kind to me. No, You're I'm never gonna, kind to I me. I am kind to you. Come here, I'm coming for a hug. Okay, a hug. come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, there we go. That's not a hug. <laughs> I hope that's not how you hug your mum. Oh, you are awful, but I like you. <laughs> Sustainable of the week. So, Sustainable of the week. Mm. Still alive, Dave? Yes, thanks. Yep, good. So this is the section where we look at some of the nonsense, the egregious eco-guff. I haven't said that phrase for a long time. Yes, not. Uh, they get spouted by ministers or officials, or in this case, big companies um, who sort of try to sound like they're doing green things but aren't doing green things. Now, imagine for a second, Dave... Just imagine you are boss of one of the world's biggest fossil fuel companies. Okay, hang on. (laughs) What what are you doing? It's warm in there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
And imagine the uh, the old IPCC report has come out and, and everyone's going, whoa, better stop using fossil fuels, eh? Yeah? Yeah, got that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm feeling worried at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, and then people are like, boss, uh, you got to say something because, you know, that thing that we do, um, I don't think people are as keen on that as they used to be. What What are you going to say? Uh, I will probably adopt a serious face mm-hmm. and say something like this. You can get to 1.5 degrees, but not by just pulling the same levers a little bit harder, because they are being pulled roughly as fast and as hard as we are currently imagining. What we think can be done is massive reforestation. Think of another Brazil in terms of rainforest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was, um, well, that was Arabella, uh, but she was quoting uh, the boss of Shell, who's a Dutch person whose name isn't immediately in front of me. Uh, ben, ben, ben Van, van Buurden, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Where to start? So, well, I'll tell you what, we'll start at the beginning. So you can get to 1.5 degrees C, like, you know, suggesting that is a petulant kind of aim in the first place, but you can get there. Uh, <laughs> and then he's going, but I don't want to talk about fossil fuels. I want to talk about the one thing that is not related to fossil fuels and coincidentally means we can probably carry on burning fossil fuels. Look over there. Go and plant some more trees. Um, we'll just carry on digging up fossil fuels. But d- don't worry about us. Just go and plant some more trees. What a dick. Go back and listen, Ol, if you haven't already. In fact, this is a good episode, to episode 98, when we talked to uh, David Hone, the man from Shell. And he very kindly, to be fair to him, come here and he talked to us all about what it's actually like in practice inside a company like Shell. Right? You might not like a lot of the stuff that he says, but it was interesting nonetheless. And Shell's position is always that, look, in practice, people are going to keep on using this stuff. So don't go around making us the bad guys for people using oil and gas because like, people are going to keep on using it and there's all this oil and gas everywhere and it's massive and you don't understand and get back and put your placards down, right? That kind of thing. Um, and that pr- your man, Ben Van Buren, said this at a meeting of his shareholders who presumably... Uh, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't a meeting of his shareholders. It was an oil and gas industry confidence called Oil and Money. <laughs> right, okay. Which tells you all you need to know. Right. Okay, uh, let's, all right. Presumably to which his shareholders are paying attention. Then. Yes, yes, yes very right. much so, yeah. Um, and presumably at this point starting to get a bit nervous, like in case, what's he going to say? Well, you know, is he going to come out and say, but we are, you know, as well as planting loads and loads of trees, which we think is important, we're going to radically close down all new oil exploration and perhaps divert a colossal amount of our R&D to uh, clean technology far more than we are already. Uh, but he said, don't worry. That means Shell's core business is, and will be for the foreseeable future, very much in oil and gas. So he's serious about that then, Ol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, now I got a bit of grief on Twitter uh, for suggesting that it wasn't a good thing that the Today programme had, had, in fact, had David Hone, new man from Shell, to like be one of the main people interviewed about the IPCC report. Because they, you know, they, it's like, I think there are more interesting perspectives than what Shell think. Uh, and I responded, when someone challenged me on that, I just pointed them to that quote going, I just don't think they're that serious about climate change. David might be individually absolutely serious about it. And, and certainly from chatting to him, I, I think he does want to find ways to avoid a, uh, a two degree world. But I don't think Shell give a shit, like collectively. Oh, I don't you. see any evidence of it. 
what? I mean, you can't say, you know, all of that stuff we've been doing, investing in electric car infrastructure. Don't worry. We're very much. We're, we're, I think they also said, like, we're not going soft on oil and gas, like very much the opposite or something. I mean, it's it's what what do you want me to say? That that suggests a company that isn't serious about tackling climate change. And, you know, they should be. So that is just about it for the planet. <laughs> That's just about it for this week. Now it's my turn to not be a downbeat sod about things. Thank you very much oh, for babbling with me here and dragging me by my lapels out of the murk. You're welcome. Thank you for the lovely special hug. Oh, you're quite welcome. It was a bit special, wasn't mm. it? Oh, I'm sorry for doing that. Yeah. The afters. If um, you would like a hug, <laughs> uh, send us an email to hello at sustainabble.fish. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to hug in our listeners after the moment. Shower, don't they? <laughs> Come on, you like that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, you can tweet us at the Babble Wagon, uh, or you can find us on Facebook at just search for Sustainababble. Um, Apparently, we're quite a big deal on Instagram, but can't be bothered to set up an Instagram account, so won't. Exciting, exciting news. You can now find this podcast on Spotify. Yes. You can, uh, we think. Uh, But yes, you can. You're on Spotify, so uh, obviously you don't need to find us on Spotify, because either you already found us on Spotify, or you've quite happily listened to us another way. But anyway, we are on Spotify. (laughs) That is a thing. If you've got friends who are going, I'd love to listen to a comedy podcast about the environment, but only on Spotify, this is news for them. Thank you, as always, to Arabella for so nobly reading out the eco-guff, to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends and intertwinkles it, and to Arthur Stovall for designing the logo and the merch. You can buy Babbel t-shirts at wobblywobblywobbly.sustainababble.fish and just search for t-shirts, or just find a thing that says t-shirts and click it on that. Yeah, people are buying them. People are buying our t-shirts. There are people I have never met walking around with a babble on their tits. (laughs) Anyway, I'm off uh, to um, just blindly continue being optimistic about the future of the planet. Very good. I'm off to lie down very quietly in a dark room because it's bedtime. So I'm going to go and do that. Not for any other reason. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.